You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson, fresh off of a trip to the big house, the wonderful city of Detroit, the nearby uh, college town of Ann Arbor. Like, where does where does Ann Arbor start and Detroit end? Well, you, you head kind of, I guess it's northwest a little bit out of Detroit, and you go through... Uh, well, we stay by the airport, but you go through like it's. I, I think it's Ypsilanti, where Eastern Michigan is. Oh so wow, get, that's right there too. It's right there, and then like two more exits down, you hit uh, Ann Arbor. So it's it's all right there. Wow, I didn't realize Ypsilanti was that close. It's right there. Yep, I've, I've spent no time thinking about where Ypsilanti is at. Now I know it's, it's, uh, it's valuable information. I think Nebraska's actually stayed there a few times um, rather than Ann Arbor when they've played at uh, played at Michigan. So, can you name any former Eastern Michigan coaches? Uh there was an assistant coach there for a while that had Nebraska connections. I forget who it is, um, but no, I can't. Should I be able to? No, I, I mean I can't either. The oh. only name in my head is like Ron English, and I feel like I'm making that up. That sounds right, actually. Uh, BC, could you name any Eastern Michigan coaches? No, no, no. I'm sure. I, I'm sure I've seen them play like Ohio State on a, at 11 a.m. on a ESPN two on September 3rd some year, but uh, that's that's as deep as it goes with me and them. Does uh, do either of you care about? Um, do either of you care about Maction? Not really. It's nice I don't. to have something on. I mean, okay. some football is better than no football. That That's generally, uh, I think, where I come down on most things. Brunt's in favor of some football. BC in favor of no football. Welcome back <laughs> to the 2020 discussion. No, I'm in favor of football. I'm in favor of it more than NBA, which could lead us into what happened to us Saturday yeah, night. Man. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Speaking Brunt's of Brunt- not being in favor of more football. Brunt's can share it. I mean, I'll set it up, and then he can he can hit it off the tee. But uh, we're sitting there watching with a Texas TCU pretty decent. It wasn't a high scoring game, but it was a close game in the third quarter. And we had we had people saying, man, this Oregon Washington game is incredible on Twitter, but it's not on one of the 10 TVs. So we're stuck. Watching there Texas. were 11. There were 11 yeah. TVs. Let's we're, we're uh, details are important here. But, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We're like, well, we got a game on in front of us and we'll uh, we'll follow this other one on Twitter. And suddenly, what happens, Bruns? What happens? So it was three to nothing 
TCU up. Then they house a 75-yarder. It was the long run in the third quarter. We're like, okay, this is this game's getting a little spicy. We're waiting for food, get, getting a little excited. Uh, we were still curious about that Oregon-Washington game, though. The, the third quarter was kind of popping off. So we're just sitting there kind of watching Texas TCU. All of a sudden, the bartender disappears in the back for a second. And I'm not kidding. And mind you, we're in Detroit, okay? We're in Michigan. The Every TV, all 11 TVs in the bar slash restaurant turn to a Pelicans-Rockets game that's in the middle of the third quarter in which I believe the Rockets were up like 16 points at that point. Somebody was up 16, yeah. <laughs> and, and the Pistons it, weren't involved. Brian and I kind of start doing the, we start looking around the bar, wondering what's going on. Like Brian's looking to see if Akeem Olajuwon's sitting in the back of the restaurant somewhere and wants to see what's on the TV. I have never in my life in in a place that has that many TVs, which would signal, we kind of know sports here, that every channel has turned to a game that's completely irrelevant to anything that's going on in the U.S., in Detroit, like the Pistons were playing at, that, at home that night against the, the Celtics, and they didn't even turn to that game. Maybe they were blacked out of that one. So they're like, okay, well, we're still going to – next best thing, we're going Rockets Pels. Let's see how Zion Williamson's doing tonight. Yeah, Maybe we, he was having like a record-setting performance. I cannot name any players on the Rockets, not one. Well, we looked around to see if Vernon Maxwell was like there and it said, like, you know, put it, put the Rockets on the set, please. Couldn't find him. So that wasn't it. I would make this plea to anybody who works at a sports bar or owns a sports bar. I think this is very important. And I know all our listeners would agree. A key part, it's not your food. Your food, everybody knows, is going to be pretty average. Like everybody is aware of that when you go to a sports bar. So don't even worry so much. Just send me out your average wings, whatever. But have somebody. Somebody, please, who has a great awareness of what's on that night sports-wise on, like, 15 different channels and is just, like, uh, you know, just on the trigger, like, okay, we're moving here, we're moving there. And it's all – and it's all – you get it all covered. And if you are that type of sports bar, you will have success. It doesn't even matter if uh, if your bread is moldy. It doesn't matter. Um, you've got to get the TV situation right. And so many people don't anymore. I'll even take the scenario where you ask the bartender, like, hey, can I get XYZ game on on this TV right here? And they they act like you're asking them to just move mountains. I mm-hmm. I, I I feel bad. I'll feel bad in that situation. I'll express some contrition. Um, you know, sometimes you you just, they don't know what station it's on, and that's fine. I'll look it up for you and we can kind of work through it together. But all 11 televisions turning to like I was trying to think of what else they could have put on at that time that would have been more just egregiously dumb like <laughs> like a world series from like like a world series replay from like 93 like can I get like uh or 1990 like can, can, I was say a Phillies Blue Jays replay wouldn't be the worst thing that's ever on all would have been TVs better that, yeah, but so hey, people like Joe Carter, big Joe Carter fans. He's from Oklahoma City, not Detroit, so that wouldn't have made much sense either. But um, 
yeah, it was Brian and I were like, what is going on here? And we ended up, we ended up paying and leaving. We, we had to rush home to the hotel to, to, to try to get that, uh, Oregon, Washington, yeah. Oregon, Washington I, game, by the way, which, which we actually could watch. Cause it was on, for some reason, our, like we've had this run of hotels in big 10 territory that doesn't have FS1 or the big 10 network. Like, what are you doing? Kevin yeah, Warren? Yeah. I get yeah. that fixed. Sorry. Dude, that's the banter. Uh, no, 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 that's fine. I, I want to add to this here a little bit. Um, I feel like I should at least ask the question that I think has been asked by multiple listeners. Did either of you consider getting your phone out and putting the game on on your phone? Well, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, that's uh, that, that's something that, I mean, is I, it'll take me to like 2035 till I am capable of something like that. So, I mean, that's largely why I asked the question yeah. is to get that kind of answer. I, I don't know my YouTube TV password. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't, oh, I haven't logged goodness. in. I haven't logged in on one browser on my laptop, and that's the go-to, but I do not have I, it on my phone. I feel like this is a real thing for you, having known you now for, you know, what, since 2011? Um, passwords are sort of the bane of your existence, and they exist only in, like, one particular computer or one phone or one laptop, and they don't intermingle with the other of the two things. If, so uh, if, if I if I ever lose my laptop, <laughs> I may as well just get a shovel and start digging my own grave because there's no coming back from that. Incredible. All right. So that was, that was the first question. And like, did you, did you guys even bother asking anyone or was it just like, this is, we're so far done here. Like we're buried. Yeah. We uh, didn't, have, we didn't have the guts for was it. it guess, busy? Was there a lot of people there? Really. No. Like that's what we were like, who was wanting that game? And, and the bartender seemed, seemed pretty pleased with the change that he had made too. Like, yeah. And, We've we've filibustered way too long. We can go on other topics, but that's that's fine. I I want to finish with this. I just a shout out to all the bars that do Sunday ticket, and they put up on like under the TVs which games are going to be shown. That Mm -hmm. way, you don't get there, and there's some guy who has a spot that he wants to sit in, but he demands that his game is over there. It's like the the most efficient way things can possibly be run at sports bars. Just having that sheet that tells you that the noon game is going to be Ravens versus Cowboys, and then at three twenty-five you're getting Chiefs Broncos. Like that's what the people want. They want that kind of efficiency. Yep. Yep. So we just, all agree on that. Want to give those people a shout out? There, not everybody does it, but the ones that do, we we acknowledge and we appreciate. All right, ten minutes into the show, <laughs> this is not a podcast about sports bars, though. I think such a podcast would probably be well received. Yeah, you're so, gonna have to timestamp this for some people when we actually right. get to the. I'll, I'll do that. I will 100 <laughs> do that. All right. Nebraska played a football game. Nebraska lost 34 to three. The most notable thing in that football game that happened, Brian Christopherson was uh, Ernest Hausman being a dude. Um, I mean that that was the the young parts like that could be important to the future, like uh Hartsog kind of holding up on the Island Hausman with that acceleration and sack was impressive. Gifford having some lessons at, well, trying to play a different position, but he's going to be key. I mean, it's those type of Javen, Wright Played 27 snaps. That's it. Other than that, it was a snoozer. And I, honest to goodness, I turned to Brunson. and this is, this is good and bad, but this is what it is. I said, this is as good as it could go for Nebraska in this game. Like it was, I mean, it was sort of a, one of those games, 34-3, okay, they got out of there, I guess, kind of with their dignity. 
Um, you know, it wasn't like 63 to three. Um, well, that ball touched the back line, so it shouldn't even have yeah, been. Yeah, you're right. That was, I mean, that's the best you can I thought the defense fought. I really did. I thought they fought as hard as they could, and they're just outmanned. And then you have no offensive threat at all. There you go. Brunch, your biggest takeaway that BC hasn't touched on yet? I mean, that, that game was, you know, kind of like a new new uh, box on the bingo card where you have your offensive coordinator getting x-rays at halftime. I mean, that's – I hope – I, I should not laugh. I hope that Mark Whipple is okay. We'll get an update, I'm sure, on that today. But, um, I mean, you, you – you have Chubba Purdy in the locker room with the high ankle sprain. I can only imagine the conversation. I told Brian this. Like, can you just imagine the conversation where you're, if you're Chubba Purdy sitting there in the locker room and they bring Mark Whipple in at halftime to get x-rays? Like, it, it's just, you know, one thing after another for Nebraska football. Uh, Brian hit on the highlights, I think. You know, I, I think the defense fought a little bit. I think they were helped out by some questionable coaching by Jim Harbaugh late in the second second quarter, I thought. They, they really kind of took the air out of the game a little bit by their own decision-making. So that played in Nebraska's favor. I don't know what they're going to do going forward. We can hit on that a little bit if you want to. But, I mean, w- without Purdy, um, it, it's basically Logan Smothers. They had Jarrett Sinek on the trip uh, along with Matt Masker as your three quarterbacks. So it's it's going to be, uh, you know, more tough stuff, I think, the next couple weeks if, if Casey Thompson is unable to go. All right. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it because we obviously will have a hype cast coming up this week, but I'm just going to throw this question out to each of you. We'll start with Brunts and we'll work to, to BC. What do you want to see out of Nebraska on Saturday? Like, what is it that you want to see in that football game on Saturday? Points. I mean, like, that's kind of where we're at now. I mean, they, they haven't scored a, a touchdown in what is it? Seven and a half quarters. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, like there's, there's not, that's where we are in the season. There's two games left. You're not going to a bowl. There's no magical button that you're going to push on offense short of getting Casey Thompson back. That's going to make that picture look dramatically different. So if it's, it's the backups again this week, I I really don't know what, you know, that there's anything I'm hoping to see unless it's some semblance of a run game or creativity around Logan Smothers at quarterback. Like I, I just, uh, it, it's really dire to say that, but I just don't know what 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 improvement or button is going to be pushed over the next two games that we have not already seen tried or um, you know that 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 Nebraska's done. BC, I'll I'll look at the defense. I mean, the offense maybe they are going to be exactly what they we think they are the last two games, but the defense has some of these younger guys, as I mentioned, the last answer where it's at least intriguing, and they played pretty well in a lot of areas against Mitch. I mean, I respect the fact that Corum didn't have a run of longer than 12 yards. Like that's hard to do against that guy. And so they actually kind of made Michigan have to fight their way down the field. You know, they didn't, they limited the explosives against Wisconsin. That could give you a fighting shot. And I think you're to the point in the season where you just want to see like with this defense where four or five, six guys could be back in 23 for whoever the coach is, if they play solid football, that at least gives you, okay, there's that maybe, you know, like there's at least that that's working for Nebraska going into the the long off season. I, uh, I don't know that it's going to happen. I just, I'd like to see Casey Thompson. I'd like to see this team with at least a capable quarterback out there. 
because as Brian has kind of said a couple times here, I think the defense has played well now for the last three games. Like they've deserved better from the other side of the field. If you get Casey Thompson out there, I think Nebraska could win these next two games against Wisconsin and Iowa. They played each other on Saturday. Neither team is good. <laughs> Neither team is good. Brunson's making a face, but seriously, Casey Thompson's healthy. Nebraska probably beats Minnesota. I, I feel fairly confident they beat Minnesota. And I they may have beaten Illinois. I mean, and I, I think that Wisconsin and Iowa are more of the same. So if, uh, if Casey Thompson can, can go for Nebraska on Saturday, I think they have an opportunity to, to finish with a couple wins, can be a disruptor in the, the car pileup that is the Big Ten West, and probably help usher Purdue into a championship game. So that's, uh, that's what's out there still for the Oscars. All right, for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to dive into the coaching search. Things have either heated up or have stayed the same. It depends on who you talk to. You're going to talk to us. Actually, you won't talk to us. You're going to hear from us, and we'll give you what we've been hearing with the coaching search, where things sit, all that and more when we return on the Husker 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. I said we were going to dive into some coaching search talk, and we're going to do exactly that. The last couple days have been rife. Uh, with rumors, with conversation, with people spotted or not spotted here in Lincoln. Uh, all of the kind of stuff that you expect from a coaching search that has roughly taken us about six weeks to get to this point. BC, where just kind of where have you focused your time these last couple of days as as it feels like things have heated up with Nebraska's coaching search? Well, first off, I'm surprised it took this long to have a coach spotted in a grocery store or at least a parking lot. And I, I my, what I didn't expect was it was going to be super saver. I believe that's where uh, Matt rule was spotted. Oh, was um, it Matt rule? Because I feel like we've seen Deion Sanders and oh, Deion a handful of other people too. Well, anyway, that was, so that, that part I thought would actually come earlier in the process. I guess what I, here's what I think. I, I think Trev's inner circle on this is like, two or three people. I really do. And I think Trev has been, I would guess has been sort of determined. And he, if, if not, he's succeeding at it, whether he is or isn't at kind of keep like, I'm going to hold this till we get to the flag. Like we're going to, you're not going to, there's not going to be a bunch of leaks about this. This is not the way this coaching search is going to play. And so I don't think there's been a lot of information that's come out of there. Um, I think, you know, with us, it sort of has been, 
some outside conversations. And I do think there's been some legitimate interest in Matt Rule. And I don't know uh, if that's gone both ways or not. I don't think as of Monday that anything was locked down. I don't. I don't believe that. I think they might be very close on a few guys and know who their short list of three or so is. But I don't think anything was locked down. And I, at this point, and this could be wrong, and if it's wrong, so be it. Everybody's been is wrong on these things at some point. But I, I suspect it's going to be a like we you would have put your betting money on at the beginning that this is going to be a Saturday or Sunday after the Iowa game announcement. Um, even if that decision gets locked up, you know, um, like within the next week or so. But I, I don't think it's in the bank yet. I don't. That's my take on it. And um, I, other than that, it's hard to say. I mean, who, who, who be? I think rules a possibility. Um, and after that, you know, maybe a Mark Stoops is is in there, but I don't know for sure. It's it, there's a lot of uh, um, guesswork, I think, still at play. Brunts, how do you feel about the timing of all of this? Because that's the part that I have been sort of most curious. If you're Trev Alberts and you're close with Mickey Joseph. And you want to give Mickey Joseph an opportunity to, you know, present his case for this job. But you also have to have a coach pretty well lined up right after Black Friday, whether it's Mickey Joseph or not. How do you feel like the timing of this has sort of played out? I mean, do you do you think we're kind of past the point where an announcement could come before the end of the season? Or do you still think something could happen over the next week or so? Yeah, I, it, I mean, my impression has been that you know, from, from what Trev has said, and I don't know, he doesn't strike me as the guy that's going to completely deviate from something like this, but it, it, the, the time frame has seemed to be, at least for a formal announcement has been after the season. I mean, I, I can certainly understand the case to be made that, you know, you, you need with, with the portal opening on the fifth and kind of needing to, to get recruiting rolling. Um, I could see where you could make the case that, okay, once you get your guy, announce him and, and let him get moving. Um, at the same time, I, I just have always kind of thought through this process that it that it's, has seemed like Trev is going to let things play out, is going to respect the current team, respect Mickey, and, you know, be methodical about it. And I, I think that's kind of, uh, you know, where things are at or my, my – continued take on things um could be wrong about that but i i just think that's kind of the way that trev has operated and, and will operate I, I don't think that he's personality wise going to just get nervous and all of a sudden announce something just to announce it i, I think he's got a pretty methodical plan to all of this bc let's say that it is matt rule what would that kind of hire signify to you about what trev alberts has kind of done here um if it is, if it is Matt Rule, um, I would be impressed with the hire. I don't know that everybody would be. I think there's some people who um, would quickly go to, well, it didn't work out at his last stop. I kind of differentiate between some guys are meant for the college game, some are not meant as much for the NFL game, and maybe that was the experience Matt Rule had to have in Carolina to show college is my game. I know he's bounced around a little bit, but if you look at his um, job history, all of his job changes have been natural job elevations that anybody would make in those circumstances, you know, going to Temple and then, OK, you move to that Baylor job. 
Um, and then you want your shot at the NFL. He's at a, he's at a point in his life. He's a great age wise, like because he has a lot of head coaching experience. Yet he's only in his late forties, so that's kind of perfect in that way. Um, and I I feel like he's got interesting um, he's got interesting recruiting concepts. I know twenty four seven Sports ran a story about him in in Baylor. Uh, when he was at Baylor and just how he analyzes prospects and stuff like that. And it was very detailed and well thought out and sort of a little off on his own path on how he puts together a roster. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of intrigue that would, would come with that hire. Um, and it would also show they would have to, it would, it would, it's a big time hire as far as if that's the guy, as far as like the college football world is concerned. I know Trev at the beginning said, I don't have to have the splash hire. And I don't think that's what he set out to do, but I think you guys would agree. Sometimes in our little bubble, people have a different reaction than people on the outside. I think most people, if they saw that Nebraska landed Matt rule would be like, Holy heck, you know, like, wow. You know, I, I really think that would be the general reaction around a lot of college football observers in the country. Uh, You'd get a few naysayers, but that goes with any hire. Yeah. I know for my own experience of when I've made some phone calls and trying to check on, Matt Rule specifically, when I mentioned him in Nebraska, there's been somewhat of a surprise that that's like where he would end up. So um, that would be sort of interesting to see what that reaction would be. Brunt, is the is the door closing on Mickey Joseph, or is that still a potential possibility in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I I think the kind of the the Mickey Express that seemed to be rolling down the tracks after you know the the wins against Rutgers and Indiana I think that's kind of uh calmed a little bit um that, that's my sense I think from from talking to people and the in the fans I mean that that was the thing was you know at, at the start of this you know Mickey's a fiery guy he had guys playing hard um and, and I think there was at least a, a segment of the fan base that was kind of saying okay let's let's give this guy a shot I mean he was kind of the 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 energy boost that I think the program needed. He obviously recruits well. I, I don't know that that's kind of continued, I guess, with with the way that Nebraska's kind of uh, lost the last few games. And, and it's it's kind of looked similar to the way things were before Mickey took over as, as interim head coach. Um, you know, the close losses and, you know, not being able to, to kind of find answers. And I, I think the thing that's important to note, though, is – you know, this is not the staff that Mickey would choose. This is not the offense that Mickey would run. Um, you know, you you have your starting quarterback that, as we've seen, was quite a bit of ways ahead of his backups in terms of what he brings to the table. Um, he's hurt. I mean, that that's something you kind of have to go through um, and, and deal with. But I, I just don't uh, I don't know if that's necessarily where the the search is headed at this point, or at least that's my read on it. I, so one of the things that's, that's always sort of interesting is when you have all these kinds of rumors that have now popped up and we've, you know, heard everything from Deion Sanders to Matt Rule to, you know, retaining Mickey Joseph to the the couple people, particularly on our message board, keeping Urban Meyer's name alive uh, single-handedly. Is, is there like a surprise candidate that, that you could think of where you'd be like, oh, well, not only is that interesting, but I definitely didn't see that coming. Like, are we too far down the tracks where that could still be a thing? 
like, could you get a, I mean, I don't know that there's a version of Brian Kelly to LSU sitting here for Nebraska, but, or a Lincoln Riley to Oklahoma, but is there, is there like a potential surprise where it's like a name that you've come across where it's like, yeah, I could see that, but maybe it just catches people off guard. Anything like that for you, Brian? Um, I think it's still actually po- possible because I think, I think a lot of people don't actually know what Trav's like final three looks like. Like, I mean, I think there's been some maybe um, through agents or whatever, some piecing together of maybe who one or two or, of those guys are, but there could be another one. I know when like Jeff Monken's name popped up um, on like the football scoop report, Um, that's probably a name that like surprises some people like that he would be in consideration. I know he's well thought of in the coaching community. There'd be all sorts of difficulties with that one though. I mean, army Navy would be a game. You wouldn't be able to skip out on the portal opens December 5th. I mean, if you actually got into a discussion on that particular hire beyond just like, wow, that's interesting with Jeff Monken, it would be difficult from a logistics standpoint, as far as like what you need to do in December. So um, as far as a name that, one time, which I forget which car ride it was, but Brunson and I got to, we threw out like get Gus Malzahn or somebody like that. I mean, you know, like some, some, that sort of category of guy who you haven't heard as much about, but maybe there's like one or two guys like that who sort of has slipped through the cracks. But, and that's not me saying that Gus Malzahn's in consideration, but it would have to be somebody like that, you know, mm-hmm. to your question that, that, and I don't think it is, but. Um, I leave open that we could be stunned by this. I still leave open that possibility. Um, we were stunned by Mike Riley and, um, Trev has kept this one very close to the vest. And so, um, I, I think there's a couple guys we know could be considered, but I also think there might be one surprise still on the short list. I do what think they, you, Brunt? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead, Brunt. No, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious. You, do you guys think that if it's, you know, the, the firing a coach so early in the season, I mean, it's still a relatively new thing in college football. Um, do you guys think that, and, and I've, I've wondered about this, whether a prolonged search like Nebraska has gone through, if that makes it easier to have an out of left field type candidate versus, you know, we got to get a guy in a week, basically. Um, do you, do you think that just the nature of the search itself invites that possibility more than if they had bounced Scott Frost after Iowa and needed to get somebody in really quickly? Yeah, I think it does because I think instead of just having to listen to the same like 10 names that everybody's expecting you to go after, you sort of have the ability to, um, take a long kind of look at it, really sort of put some, uh, some, some lines out there and see if you get any nibbles on them and, and kind of go from there. I mean, that's, that's part of why I think it's still possible that, you know, there's this coach that could be out there that we're not really talking about because you just don't expect them to be at Nebraska when this is all said and done because he just wasn't mentioned all along, or you don't think somebody like that is leaving his job or whatever. And so that's kind of why, and then I, you wonder if, if stuff like, what we saw on Monday and and a couple of weeks ago, if that's just sort of born out of the lack of news that's sort of happening. So then, you know, a little kernel of something um, 
that the coaching agent world is hearing that Matt Rule and Auburn or Matt Rule and Nebraska, something could be going there. Then all of a sudden that kind of blows up and everybody's like focused on Matt Rule. Meanwhile, in the background, you could have these other conversations going on uh, that are, are the real ones. So I, I, I think it's, it's definitely when you have a, a longer search like this, it presents itself um, for more sort of wild options uh, but we did see, you know, Nebraska with with Mike Riley sort of is the opposite of that, where that was a an after the season and a, a really quick hire and not one that anyone would have guessed or was was on a lot of the board. So I guess it kind of could go both ways. Here's a, here's what I think the the long term search has allowed Trev to do. Uh, and I believe this fully that um it probably keeps him – I mean, the fans might say when the hires announced, oh, they fell on their face there. Who's to say how the fans are going to judge it? But I think Trev has had enough time that he can have a list of three or four guys about this point in the search process that he feels like there's a good chance they might say yes. And you can also have your sort of specifics arranged for – different guys you know so you can kind of work through the process like if a if a first guy you wanted said no um you you could have something pretty well set for a second guy you know like i feel like it allows them to organize some of those specific numbers and stuff that you got to get to to finalize a deal and have them waiting sort of in a line for guys i think that's a real possibility here that now you know we've worked our way through the point of you feel you filtered it down basically so like these are the three or four guys and here's what we would give them and, and all the specifics are set. And then you just you have your rankings and who said, you know, it goes to who says yes. And if someone says no, you, you move down the list. But um, it, it puts you probably in a position as an AD where you feel like if even if it gets to my third guy, I I've done enough research that I like that guy. Maybe I didn't like him quite as much as the first guy, but I believe that he could get something done at this program. Are either of you ready to make any kind of prediction right now? We got a we got a head shake from Brunts for the podcast listeners. We got a, we got another head shake and a look I, up to the left from from BT. He's looking suspicious. If this I, was a this was an you, interrogation, we'd assume he's lying. Do you have? Uh, well, I'll ask it to you. Do you have some? Do you think it's going to go a certain way? No, I don't. I mean, I it's I feel like I have. Um, I kind of default back to this. Like I still feel like if I had to place a bet on any one thing to happen, I still think I would place a bet on Mickey Joseph. And I don't, I mean, I, it's partly because I don't know that I believe strongly that Matt rule is going to end up at Nebraska. I just, for as much effort as we put into some of the phone calls and trying to, trying to confirm that there's even conversations happening there. I, we really haven't been able to, to, to do that beyond just a certain level. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. Like I, I don't know that how this will go. And so if I was betting, like I said, if someone's like, you got to put a hundred bucks on one of these coaches, I think I'd still put it on Mickey Joseph and very well could be wrong, but it just feels like sort of the safest bet to me right now or the one that uh i'm most confident would be in that final three so i i think that's part of it for me which i think opens the door that could be really surprised when this thing gets announced i it really could be a surprise what about yeah. you guys 
Nothing. If you had to put a hundred dollars on a name right now, I'll I mean, say this. I'll say this: ahead, if, if if it if it does end up being Mickey, I would consider that. Um, I would consider that a surprise. I would. Okay. Not not like uh, Mike Riley. You know who the who the heck is this guy? Kind of a surprise, but like, I think I would be uh, I would be a little bit surprised if it was Mickey. I guess if if I had to, I wouldn't want to put a hundred dollars. That's the answer to give you where I feel about it. I'd put like ten. And no, I, you got to put a hundred dollars. If I had, okay, this is you know, hundred dollars. You have to make this bet. Who is it? I guess I would say Matt Rule, but okay. I don't. I don't. That's not to say like I'm real confident in it. I'm not. I right. I I do think there's some smoke there. I believe that, and I I don't think we. Um, I agree also with what you were saying, Schaefer. I don't think um, we felt strong enough to be like, we wrote a little bit about his name here and there, right. but it's all been based. And I hope hopefully our readers have understood that. And we've tried to make it clear. We've tried to be very careful about that. It's all based off sort of just back channel talk. And yeah. that that's where I say, and, and with back channel talk, you have to be very careful because Guy, sometimes guys like to get their name just floated out there like yeah yeah, yeah that's happening they, they definitely want matt rule somebody wants to say that and that gets passed down the telephone you know conversation and before you know it it's a big story somewhere and maybe it's just a leverage tactic you never know so um all that stuff i think it's i think trev has succeeded wildly in um not letting it get too wild out of what's coming out of those inside those doors. Like he's, he's done a, he's excelled at that up to this point. And uh, I have a feeling he might, he might be able to carry it to the end till the, till the press release comes out, but we will see. Brunch, you still haven't placed your hundred dollar bet that I'm forcing you to make. Yeah. I, I'm not, uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I, uh... no one knows. You have to pick one guy. Who is it? One guy you think. It's like you got to bet um, your next. Look, maybe week. you want to play the odds. Maybe you're going to get weird. Maybe you're honking <laughs> for monking. I, I don't know that I'm honking for monking, but I, the the fact that he continues to be in the conversation leads me to believe, and the fact that he's like the complete polar opposite of of what you saw during the Frost era uh, leads me to believe that he's at least in that conversation a bit, um, which. That that I don't think that would win the press conference. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, if you're gun to my head, I mean, I guess rule. Um, but I, I wouldn't. I don't have any kind of level of confidence that uh, that would be your guy. Yeah. Okay. What do you guys think about um, Stoops? I I got in trouble on the message board because I just. I think he would be fine coach. I think he would. Everything about what he's built over at Kentucky feels like it's basically just like Iowa to the east. Like they have a pretty good defense. They have an absolutely atrocious offense every year, except when they had Wandale Robinson. Um, they have benefited more than probably any other SEC team on their crossover games and lack thereof in the West. Uh Every year, two of their wins are the bowl game and Louisville. Um, and then they beat three bad Mac teams or an FCS team or whatever. 
Like they just don't beat good teams. Like I, they're probably one of the more overrated programs in the sense that like they get a lot of commendation for winning eight games and none of those eight wins are against a winning team or against anybody of any substance. I don't know. I, I, I think Mark Stoops is fine. I think he could do a nice job. I wouldn't be particularly thrilled about it. Um, it would be better than Jeff Monken. It'd be better than Gary Patterson. Uh, beyond that, like, I think I'd rather have Dave Doran. I think I'd rather have uh, Lance Leipold or Chris Kleiman or guys like that. Uh, Soup's just, I don't know. It, it just doesn't. And then the other thing is he's in that job, and it's kind of remarkable because he started 2-10, and 5-7, and 5-7. Seven, and seven. That can't happen wherever he goes after this. Like, college football has changed so much that – probably not going to get three years at 17 wins. I know Frost did, but uh, so I'm, I'm probably the low guy in this group on stoops. Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I get kind of what you're saying. I, I think on one of our travel sessions, Brunson and I were talking about, I kind of brought him up to get to this discussion. There is sometimes that group of coaches who has had uh, success somewhere where they've got it sort of that, that eight or nine win total. And it could be tough to really get beyond that for where they're at. And some very savvy coaches, I always say it, call, describe it as staying ahead of the posse, where you're like, you kind of know, like, I've maxed out at this place in this conference, and now it's time to, like, go somewhere else where you get that five- or six-year deal, you know, and you start it over again. Um, that happens a lot in this profession, and I think of guys like that where some people would say, well, they wouldn't be interested. He's doing that and that. Well, they might be because – it's like the Dan McCarney factor at Iowa State back in the day. He built them up and, and with Seneca Walls had a nice little run, and then he couldn't exceed the expect the bar that they had. He had sort of set that no Reset, one had. Yeah, yeah. and so um, that that can be difficult. And co- and some very wise coaches get that. We could name them. You could go through and think of guys like that. And so they they make that move before when people don't think they're going to make it because they're a year ahead on. Like Matt Campbell's maybe an example of a guy who, who waited one year too long to make that move. Well, you want you know? the example. You want the ultimate example. You want a guy who probably would take the Nebraska job if it was offered. Pat Fitzgerald. He's hmm. he's exactly what you're talking about, BC. Hmm. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think the future looks great for him with Northwestern right now. Like, I mean, just back to back horrendous years. I mean, they're going to go one at eleven. And- There's your surprise name. Right. Or, I mean, like, I mean, (laughs) how do we think that's going to be received? I think people would kind of get behind it. I don't, I'd be, I don't know. I don't, am I wrong? I think Fitzgerald's making a face. Doesn't he got sort of like a lot of built up, like, uh, sort of capital with the Husker fan base? Well, yeah. He says, I mean, for all the coaches that talk well about Lincoln, no one talks as, as nicely, I guess, as Pat Fitzgerald about this program and this place. But I don't know if that's going to make anybody feel warm and fuzzy if he's coming off a 1-11 season. The thing I love about this time of year is, like, someone will hear that clip and they'll be like, uh, Husker 247 guys are talking about Fitzgerald. Like, it, <laughs> like one little line, like, takes off somewhere. He's he's very, I think, in the minds of Nebraska fans, very similar to P.J. Fleck, where it elicits a big eye roll. Like, that's – I think that's where it would be. And, yeah. uh, I mean – I think that he would align quite a bit with what Trev Alberts would be looking for, but the the last couple of years up there have not been good at all. 
So, here's, yeah. Here's my, like, off the – not really off the wall, but, like, my surprise name that if I had to put $10 on, just way out there on odds. Because I don't think he can win at a high enough level, and they've committed to him a little bit, and he might be trying to stay ahead of the game. Sam Pittman, I think, fits a lot of what Nebraska needs. I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, looks at his situation at Arkansas and basically sees Ole Miss and Alabama and LSU and whoever's going to be in the Texas A&M chair and Auburn and everything else. Like, would it shock me if Sam Pittman was like, they got money, they'll pay for it, they want trench play? And he knows the Big Ten a little bit. Like, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be that surprised. Like, I'd be surprised, but it would be a it would you'd be able to make sense out of it as to why he'd leave a sitting power five job that's probably viewed better right now than Nebraska uh, to go to Nebraska. So Sam Pittman's my like off the wall, you know, why the hell not? Yeah. I mean you just gotta outbid the Waltons. <laughs> I mean there's that wouldn't be a bad hire by any means in my estimation, but um don't know if they could pull off, but yeah, that's a, that's an interesting name. Um, I mean, the fact that we're still like kind of talking about surprises though goes yeah. to the goes to how hidden the search has been, um, and that's uh, that's a good thing for Trev Alberts. Probably he hasn't had it hasn't had it play out like uh, publicly at this point. Like, oh, Nebraska extended an offer to this guy and got shot down, sort of thing. Like, there's been none of that, and maybe the long term process uh helps with that too helps you avoiding that headline we'll see i mean we're getting a crunch time where some of that stuff can pop up now um but that but that could be a factor where you don't see that like oh nebraska swung and missed at these three guys thing we'll see though all right are you guys ready to have the same exact conversation next tuesday yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right well we'll have a different conversation on thursday when we bring back the husker hype cast i know there was There's at least one person who wanted the hype cast to end, and we promise you it will not end. We are going to get you as hyped as humanly possible. Yeah, once we started this thing, we have to see it through its conclusion. We, at some point, are going to get you hyped for a bowl game. It will happen. At some other point, we might even get you hyped for a division title. Who knows? We might get you hyped for a year in which they win like 10 games. That's why the hype cast exists. We're going to power through, and we'll be back on Thursday for another Hypecast to get you fired up for the interim coach battle between Mickey Joseph and Jim Leonard with Wisconsin. Uh, For Michael Brooks, for Brian Christofferson, I'm Mike Schaefer. Be sure to check out Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage. We'll have, of course, the coaching stuff. Last visit weekend, there'll be plenty of recruits on campus already writing about some of those as well. And, of course, Mickey Joseph talks on Tuesday. Coordinators talk on Wednesday. Plenty of coverage for the upcoming Wisconsin game. And the Hypecast will be back on Thursday. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+.